Welcome to the Around the Block Sports Podcast. Hi, and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Dominic here with my buddy Angel. So let's just get right into it. Pretty big news in the baseball world. Paul Goldschmidt got traded finally. And guess to who? The Cardinals. Uh, It's pretty crazy, you know. Um, I honestly wasn't expecting Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals, but that's a good addition for them. I think um, it gives uh, the Cubs a run for their money now, and it's going to force them to maybe make a trade or two or try to sign someone big. But, I mean, we'll see how it goes. So for the division title, who do you think is competing for it? Just the Cubs and the Cardinals, or do you think the Brewers are still going to be there? How do you see this race coming, going on next year? I don't know how well the Brewers are going to do. I know they had a really good year last year, but they can just be another Indians. Yeah. You know? So you don't you don't necessarily think that their success last year is sustainable? Um, I'm, no, I didn't say that. I just, I'm, I just want to wait and see. Yeah. I just want to wait and see what happens. But um, I think it'll probably be the three of them competing. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just depends on the Cardinals, really. Yeah, and the Cardinals got something good because Paul Goldschmidt had a pretty good OPS against the Cubs, right? Mm-hmm. One thousand one seventy, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But and and they the Cardinals didn't really give up much, so I think they won that trade clearly. Yes. And it really shows that the Diamondbacks are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They're not really, you know, they're not going to be able to do much next year so we'll see how that goes um in other news patrick corbin signed that six year 140 million i think the ace with the nets (laughs) yeah the ace with the 3.1 era well i mean that's not the lowest but he's gotten better so we'll see how it goes i know there was some he was maybe gonna go to the yankees and I think it ended up coming down to the both teams, and he decided to go with the Nationals, which I think is it's pretty good for the Nationals. They have, now they have um, a legitimate starting rotation. Yeah, they have just Strasburg, and why can't I remember Max Scherzer? Yeah, NL yeah. Cy Young candidate every single year. Yeah, I always forget his name. And Max Scherzer, yeah, and now they have Patrick guys. Corbin. Yep. So that should be good for them. I'm interested to see what. They do next year. I know they're still in the running for Bryce Harper. I mean, it doesn't look too good for them right now. To me, I just think Bryce Harper is looking for a new place to live. I don't think... I think he's been with Washington so long, and they've consistently lost in the very first round of the playoffs, being a team that's good, but not really having Mm -hmm. any success in the playoffs. So I just think he he just wants a new place to call home. Maybe have one of his good years, because I know he's kind of up and down. Yeah. I know, like, he was hanging out with Chris Bryant, maybe go to the Cubs, maybe go to the Yankees. And then the Dodgers, I know they're making a big push mm-hmm. to get Bryce Harper. And, of course, they just extended Dave Roberts through... Four more years. So they got a four-year extension for him. You know what? A lot of people, especially Dodgers fans, might be a little sour on him because he made a few decisions in the World Series, pulling pitchers at certain times and kind of overthinking some situations. And it didn't work out. But I think if in your first few years you make the World Series twice, the NLCS once, like you kind of have to show faith in your skipper, you know? You can't just yeah. you can't just cut it loose because of a few bad decisions. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I that's I know I saw I saw a lot of that criticism too, and I felt the same way. Honestly, I'm <coughs> excuse me. I'm not a Dodgers fan or anything, but. 
he did it did seem like he made some questionable calls um mm-hmm. in the world series and they lost of course so of course. But, like, you can't overreact because up until this point, the past couple of years, he's been making the same kind of decisions and it's been working. Like, just because, like, the most recent, in the most recent example, it didn't work doesn't mean you should, uh... Yeah, it's true. You they, should... They gotta, you know, like you said, they gotta show their faith in him and give him another chance and this and that. And they still could use a few key pieces yeah. to close the door on that World Series, but... And also, there's no real obvious replacement at this point, so... Might as well extend them, see. You can always cut cut bay with them. Yeah. Fire them. Find somebody new at some other time. Yeah. And then we saw Robinson Cano mm-hmm. back in New York. New York. For the Mets, though. <laughs> he got traded. I know he's coming off a year. He was suspended for the majority of for PEDs. So, I mean, it's a good addition for the Mets, I think. But we'll see how it pans out. Robinson Cano is... I, I've, I've always thought he's one of the... Better, if not best, second baseman in the MLB. Just because he's a power hitter, you know. He's just good. He's a glove, you know. He, he can do everything. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out for them. I'm interested to see what the Mets could do. I don't think, um, with that addition, I don't think Noah Syndergaard's going anywhere. So you think they're going all in? Yeah. I think they're going to, they, I mean, they have all these trade offers or they have all these, um, people interested in Noah Syndergaard, but I don't think he's going anywhere. But for baseball, I know, I think that's really it to talk about for now. now. I mean, the the winter meetings are pretty close now, so we're going to get a lot of movement here soon. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, a lot of crazy stuff has happened. Did not expect Paul Goldsman to the Cardinals. That should be fun to watch. But let's just move on to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Your favorite. Yeah, definitely. Um, the so, Bulls. They finally fired Fred Hoiberg. And how I, many seasons? So his first coaching season for the Bulls was the Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, Jimmy um, Butler year, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. No, 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 no. He was there before because Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose were still on the team, on the team together. And then they traded away Derrick Rose. And then eventually they traded away Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, if from the very first season you coach every single year, your team gets worse and worse, your job isn't secure. Yeah. And they, I mean, like, and like a lot of reports said, Fred Hoiberg didn't really seem to have that leadership and the vision for the team. And they weren't really going anywhere. They were declining, definitely. With, and even with all the young talent that they have, I think they're probably the youngest team in the, in the NBA. So, well, it happens. We'll see where he goes next. I know um, UCLA was maybe a landing spot for him, but I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen with him. So do you think uh, Do you think this helps the Bulls' chances? Like, like, do you think this helps their desire to tank? Or do you think they're trying to get better now? Like, what do you think? Why do you um, think they make this move at this point in the season? Well, this start off the season five and nineteen. I think that has a lot to do with it. It just, I think it just showed that they're still going in the same direction that they've been going for the past few years. So why not try to change something now, before it's like a completely humiliating season? But I don't think that they're really trying to tank. I do think that they're trying to turn it around because they do have Laurie Marketing just came back from injury, and Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn should be back soon. So. It could, I mean, they could have a chance to be, you know, 
to redeem themselves a little bit, but this year definitely not. But it it shows it's it's good. I think it's good for the Bulls. I don't think they're really um, like this is going to make them tank. I think it's helping them in the right direction of rebuilding, of getting them out of there. But yeah, and then Markel Fultz. I think I have to apologize to him because I was I was um, talking about him and how he had the yips and this and that and. I'm still not too sure yeah. that he doesn't have the yips though. I mean, I know the report came out that he has some nerve. Yeah, neurogenic thoracic outlet something. But he's going to be out for three to six weeks, I think it said. And hopefully this is the reason why he's shooting so bad. Hopefully this is the reason why he's he's underperformed so much. I mean, like like he was the obvious number one overall pick a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people were debating between him and Lonzo Ball. But him in college... He showed a skill set that was an all like he was an all around good player. He was a good shooter. He was a good ball handler. Had the size to finish at the rim really good. Like it's one of the great mysteries of why he struggled so much coming into the league. And maybe it is this injury, but honestly, I think it, it might be more. But best of luck to him because it's hard to see a young player like that struggle so much. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the injury is what's been hindering him. Cause you know you don't ever want to see a a a player become a bust, you know. No. You always want to see someone. You always want to see those young players succeed. So it would be good to get him a new a new start after he's recovered from his injury, and you know. But we'll see what happens with him. I guess. Something I've seen thrown around there though for Markel Fultz because he requested a trade, is a swap, especially since Trevor Ariza has shown some unhappiness with his current situation in Mm. Phoenix. Just a straight-up swap between Trevor Ariza and Markel Fultz. We already know that the Phoenix Suns have been trying to get that young point guard, point guard of the future, or just trying to get help in point guard in general to pair with Devin Booker in the backcourt. So maybe this is something that, that Phoenix is interested in, you know? And it yeah. could be a win-win situation because Philadelphia is trying to go all-in right now. It's mm-hmm. like they got Jimmy Butler, and there's no real fit for Markel Fultz right now. So just to get some veteran help in Trevor Ariza, it could make sense for both teams. And that yeah. could be the perfect situation for Markel Fultz to kind of revive his career. Because if he's getting heavy minutes in a system where he's not necessarily the number one option, but is still going to be able to handle the ball a little bit, then I think that situation can really do wonders for his development. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think that would be a good idea for for both teams, for both sides. Because if he does end up getting healthy and he starts playing well, him paired up with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, they could they could start to be a, a decent team because mm-hmm. they are terrible right now. The Suns are very garbage. No offense. If I'm not a Suns. <laughs> yeah, you know okay who else is very garbage? The Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs. <laughs> that's your favorite team, right? Nah, well that. Let's not get carried away here. <laughs> the Spurs, the model of consistency for many years in the NBA have kind of, they've hit a rough patch, especially right now, the past, in the past four games, they've lost three of them by at least 30 points, which up until recently had only happened three other times in the last 20 years. So all isn't looking good over there in San Antonio. You know, when you lose a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you anticipate some type of decline, but to replace them with DeMar DeRozan, who's not really a good shooter, and add him on a team that didn't have shooters anyway, and then stack up a bunch of injuries on top of that, 
you're you can kind of expect to see the struggles that the Spurs are going through now. They got off to a decent start at the beginning because I think a lot of their players were just returning from last year. But now that a lot of other teams are catching up and are get, starting to learn how to play together, I think a lot of the flaws that the Spurs have are starting to show. Mm-hmm. And I know Greg Popovich for a bunch of years has kind of gotten the benefit of the doubt when it comes to carrying teams and leading them to the playoffs. But I think out of all the years, especially recently, the Spurs are in real danger of not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's so just they're not talented think, enough. So where do you think they go from here? I think the smart move for at least this year is to just try to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just make that trade and go into a tank immediately. So yeah. I think they'll probably try to make some deals this year to maximize their potential winning. But mm-hmm. I think long term, they should really consider just cleaning house. Especially since Greg Popovich only has a few more le- years left in the league. Mm-hmm. He said it on multiple occasions. He doesn't really see himself coaching for much longer. I think as soon as Greg Popovich leaves, you should really go all in on a rebuild. Because mm-hmm. the way the West is right now, with there's really only one bad team in the West. The Suns. Which is the Suns, <laughs> ironically. Like, you can't just be a middling team. Because that's yeah. going to get you nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Spurs have always been like, they've always been there in the playoffs. They've always been that team that's like, oh, we know they're consistent. They're a fundamental team, this and that. But it's not looking like that anymore. And When you lose Hall of Fame talent. Yeah. Like, it's not a surprise that you're in the playoffs consistently when you have one of the five greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, possibly, in Tim Duncan. That's debatable. But if you have one of those players... And then a few other Hall of Fame players, of course, you're going to be consistent. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. But, I mean, if you want to talk about teams and trades, we got to talk about the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. They've been looking pretty good since that Jimmy Butler trade, 9-3. Nine 9-3 and, three. Nine and three since moving Jimmy Butler. And who would Justin Patton, too, but, I mean, he didn't really play that much. Uh, what do you think that says about Jimmy Butler as a teammate I, in Minnesota? I think... Well, Jimmy Butler has kind of had this reputi- reputation of not being the greatest teammate for a few years. I remember with the Bulls, uh, him and the younger players got into it a few years ago. And that's when Roger, the whole Roger and Rondo Instagram thing, yeah, the whole beef happened and Roger and Rondo had the backs of the kids. But, you know, like Jimmy Butler is obviously a hard guy to work with. You could just, it, it's well known at this point. Mm-hmm. I think when you mix him in with people who... Like players like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins who haven't necessarily been who are softies. <laughs> yeah. In other words, in, in a nice way to say it, they're soft. When you when you put him with them and then expect the chemistry to be great, you're you're not. You know yeah. you don't really know what's going on. So I think what needed to happen for both parties, Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves, was just a separation and luckily that did happen. Mm-hmm. And luckily for the Timberwolves, it has helped team chemistry so far. Yeah. I think they they did hit a kind of soft spot in their schedule. So they haven't necessarily been beating up on the best teams. Yeah. But still, like early on in the year, they were losing to these teams. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and to, then also with the 76ers, Jimmy Butler's addition to that team has been very good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, he fits in well with that team. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and all those fellas over there are not the same mm-hmm. as... No. Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. They're like, they seem like a more competitive team within themselves. So it, his style of play and his style of leadership translates to that team much, much better. 
So and it showed. I mean, they he's hit. I've seen, you know, he's hit those two game winning threes already. And he he's doing really well. He's hey, doing really well. Jimmy Butler's doing Jimmy Butler things. He was doing these things on the Timberwolves. But I think that the Philadelphia 76ers are just in a better position with better players that suit him better. So, yeah. It's yeah. the success that both teams are having right now is kind of... It's not totally surprising. It's just good to see. Yeah. Derrick Rose, man. Derrick Rose. MVP. Derrick Rose. MVP. Future Hall of Famer. First battle. Man, he's, he's been playing out of his shoes this year. So it's a great to see. Mm-hmm. Always inspiring. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it for the NBA for now. Mm-hmm. Let me just get right into the NFL. All the big news. Mike McCarthy fired. Finally. Finally. A lot of people calling for his head the past couple of years. Yeah. And, he, you know, he, they've, been, they were, they've been relevant. The past few years, they were relevant. You know, they were mm-hmm. there at the top of the, the top of the division. The Vikings took over as the top of the division. But they were still right there. And now this year, they suck. You know, they're a terrible team, and someone has to take the blame for it. And Who better than the coach in most situations exactly. is usually what happens. Exactly. And I think the way the Packers are looking at it is that when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, definitely one of the most talented, and you only have one Super Bowl mm-hmm. to save for it, you, you have to change something. Because with a player that talented, you have to maximize his prime. You have to maximize his chances of winning. Yeah. And... If consistently your coach has been called into question, eventually you have to make a move. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because the Steelers with Mike Tomlin are a lot alike. They have one Super Bowl years ago. He's had Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. And on the defensive side, you have James Harrison. You have all these great players, and they only have one Super Bowl. So you start, it makes you think. I know the Steelers have lost two in a row now. It makes you think. I mean, they're still doing good. Don't get me wrong. They're still doing. They're still having a great season. But if things start still, I mean, they start to get worse for the Steelers. I think you could expect the same thing for Mike Tomlin, because he's in the same boat. He's in that same boat as Mike McCarthy. You'll because, definitely see him on the hot seat pretty soon if that continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. But you know, good luck to Mike McCarthy. Let's see where he goes. I know there is. There are a, a few head coaching jobs available. Because a few coaches have been fired this year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, who is interested in him. Because he is a good coach still, don't, you know. I mean, just now, the team is not very good. And like I said, someone has to take the blame. But, yeah, they have a lot of injuries too. I, um, they've had a few um, um, key injuries that have really just set them back. So, and... We'll see, see how it works out. But um, speaking of injuries, Emmanuel Sanders tore his Achilles. Was it Achilles in practice? Out for the rest of the year. That's crazy. I mean, the Broncos aren't really very competitive this year. No. But still, that's a, that's a that's a hard injury to get through, especially for a wide receiver. So I mean, we'll see how that. And then AJ Green, he's out for the rest of the year with his toe injury. It's gonna be hard for that team to find motivation to really, to really yeah. play, finish the season. Yeah, most you know, definitely. You're, if you know you're probably not gonna make the playoffs anyway, then you don't want to get hurt. You don't. Yeah. There's, I don't. I don't, if my team's is losing record like beyond repair for that for this season, I wouldn't want to be going and getting hurt and ruining my chances to 
Show be resigned and this and that. Check, checks real quick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they recover and they come back to their, to how good they've been. So we'll see. And then the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, they cut Kelvin Benjamin along with a few other receivers. But I think Kelvin Benjamin is the most like, whoa, that's crazy. It's It's been a pretty steady decline for him over the past oh, couple of years. Yeah. I think kind of sad to see. In 18 games, I believe he has only 570 yards total. So, and he's, I think he's the worst in the NFL in separation per route. And he's just, he's been doing bad. He's looks out of shape. He looks like he doesn't really care to be on the Bills. So maybe, you know, you never know. Maybe he gets back into shape and goes and tries to play better for a different team. But we'll definitely see what, what happens with him. I know. I mean, he was so good on the Panthers. He was really a pivotal part of that team. Super Even Bowl though he run. got hurt, he was still a big part of, of that team's success and Cam Newton's success. And that was funny that they were beefing. <laughs> but, yeah, um, hopefully, you know, he gets up into shape and he, he gets right and he finds a team to go to. I wouldn't mind him on the Bears, or, you know. Backup receiver for the Bears if he's in shape, though. But yeah, and then this Sunday we have we have Bears a Rams. great game to look forward to. Yep, the Bears and the Rams. Top defense versus top offense. This is a real test for both teams because mm-hmm. the Rams are obviously a very great offense and they're a great team. But as soon as the playoffs come around, it happens every year. Defense really matters. Mm-hmm. And it's, gonna, it's, it's a good playoff preview, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. They're gonna really get tested, and we'll see how they, how Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, we'll see how they perform against the league's best defense. Yeah, and you know the Bears are coming off a loss to the Giants, which is very disappointing, but they missed a lot of opportunities on offense. I know Chase Daniel starting, you know Mitch Trubisky was injured. He is expected to start on Sunday, so it's it's gonna be uh it should be a good game Sunday night football. Um, we do know the Bears are one of the number one, one or two rushing defense in the league, you know. So it's going to be fun to see how Todd Gurley matches up with him. I mean, with him, with them. And But a lot of that, I think a lot of their success, the defense, is the offensive time of possession. If Mitch Trubisky is out there just running the clock and the defense only has to be out there for so little time, it makes them that much more effective. So I think as long as the Bears offense stays on the field against the Rams, they're going to win that Which game. Which is very doable. There's a lot of questions for the Rams defense exactly. this year. Exactly. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Bears try to get their running game going. Because last week, they tried to get it going. It was going good in the first half. It kind of died in the second half. But it was still there, you know. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to go back to that. I know the Rams, I think they let up the most yards per rush. So it should be interesting to see what they do there. I know you're a Bears fan, but unbiased opinion, who you got? Um, Honestly, I think the Rams are probably going to pull it out. Ah, that's interesting. By a touchdown. Because I actually disagree. I don't think think the Rams are kind of – I don't think they're ready. I think they're going to – they're coming off of – a few hot games, obviously. They've been doing very good, but mm-hmm. I don't think they've been punched in the face in a while. 
They yeah. haven't really had one of those games that you had to get up for since the Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. So I think there this game is a high potential for them to to like I said get punched in the face, not really know how to retaliate. Yeah. It's an important game for them because obviously you wanna see people who you might face up against in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You wanna see them in the regular seasons, have an idea of what to expect. So I think come playoff time, possibly the outcome can can be different, but I think the Rams are they're due for a letdown eventually. And I yeah. think this might be one of them. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, and I'm definitely going to be watching to see what happens. I'm really looking forward to how that defense fares against that elite offense. It'll be a good test for the Bears. Um, if they can slow down the Rams' offense, then I think they do have a really good chance of making it to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl this year, because the Rams' offense is great. And if they show up like they usually show up, three takeaways and this and that, if they do that in the playoffs, they're good to go, you know. But it'll be interesting to see. And I think for now, that's going to be all. It's going to be all. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. See you later. <laughs>